Chapter thirty four of the Mesmerous Victim by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Avenger. For a month, Gilbert wandered round the sick girl's lodgings, inventing work in the gardens in their neighborhood so that he could keep his eye constantly on the windows. In this time, he had grown paler. On his face, youth was no more to be viewed than in the strange fire in his eyes and the dead white and even complexion his mouth curled by dissimulation his sidelong glance and the sensitive quivering of his muscles belonged already to later years looking up bill hook in hand as a horseman struck sparks from the ride by the walk he recognized philip tavernet he moved toward the hedgerow but the cavalier urged his horse toward him calling out hey gilbert the young man's first impulse was for flight for panic seized him, and he felt like racing over the garden and the ponds themselves. "'Do you not know me? Gilbert!' shouted the captain in a gentle tone which was understood by the incorrigible youth. Comprehending his folly, Gilbert stopped. He retraced his steps, but slowly and with distrust. "'Not at first, my lord,' he said, trembling. "'I took you for one of the guards.' and as I was idling I feared to be brought to task and booked for punishment. Content with this explanation, Philip dismounted, put the bridle round his arm, and leaning the other hand on Gilbert's shoulder, which visibly made him shudder, he went on. "'What is the matter, boy? Oh, I can guess. My father has been treating you with harshness and injustice, but I have always liked you.' "'So you have.' "'Then forget the evil others do you.' "'My sister has also been always good to you.' "'Hardly,' replied Gilbert, with an expression no one could have understood, for it embodied an accusation to Andrea, and an excuse for himself, bursting like pride while groaning like remorse. "'I understood,' said Philip. "'She is little high-handed at times, but she is good-hearted. Do you know where our good Andrea is at present?' "'In her rooms, I suppose, sir,' gasped Gilbert, struck to the heart. "'How am I to know?' "'Alone, as usual, and pining?' "'In all probability alone, since Nicole has run away.' "'Nicole run away?' "'With her sweetheart. At least it is presumed so,' said Gilbert, seeing that he had gone too far." "'I do not understand you, Gilbert. One has to wrench every word out of you. Try to be a little more amiable. You have sense and learning, so do not mar your acquirements with an affected roughness, unbecoming to your station in life, and not likely to lift you to a higher.' "'But I do not know anything about what you ask of me. I am a gardener, and am ignorant of what goes on in the palace.' "'But, Gilbert,' I believed you had eyes, and owed some return in watchfulness to the house of Tavernay, however slight may have been its hospitality. "'Master Philip,' returned the other in a high, hoarse voice, for Philip's kindness and another unspoken feeling had mollified him, "'I do like you, and that is why I tell you that your sister is very ill.' "'Very ill?' ejaculated the gentleman. "'Why did you not tell me so at the start? What is it?' 
he asked, walking so quickly. "'Nobody knows. She fainted three times in the grounds yesterday, and the Delphiness's doctor has been to see her as well as my lord the baron.' Philip was not listening any farther, for his presentiments were realized, and his fortitude came to him in face of danger. He left his horse in Gilbert's charge and ran to the chapel. Gilbert put the horse up in the stable and ran into the woods like one of those wild or obscene birds which cannot bear the eye of man. On entering the antechamber, Philip missed the flowers of which his sister used to be fond, but which irritated her since her indisposition. As he entered, she was musing on a little sofa before mentioned. Her lovely brow, surcharged with clouds, drooped lowly, and her fine eyes vacillated in their orbits. Her hands were hanging, and though the position ought to have filled them with blood, they were white as a waxen statue's. Philip caught the strange expression, and alarmed as he was, he thought that his sister's ailment had mental affliction in it. The sight caused so much trembling in his heart that he could not restrain a start in flight. Andrea lifted her eyes, and rose like a galvanized corpse with a loud scream. Breathlessly she clung to her brother's neck. Yes. "'Philip, you!' she panted, and force quitted her before she could speak more. "'Yes, I, who returned to find you ill,' he said, embracing and sustaining her, for he felt her yield. "'Poor sister, what has happened to you?' Andrea laughed with a nervous tone, which hurt him instead of encouraging, as she intended. "'Nothing. The doctor whom the Dauphiness kindly sent me—' says it is nothing he can remedy i am quite well save for some fainting fits which came over me but you are so pale did i ever have much colour no but you were alive at that time while now it is nothing the pleasant shock of seeing you again dear andrea but as he pressed her to his heart her strength fled once more, and she fell on the sofa, whiter than the muslin curtains on which her face was outlined. She gradually recovered and looked handsomer than ever. "'Your emotion at my return is very sweet and flattering, but I should like to know about your illness. To what you attribute it?' "'I do not know, dear. The spring, the coming of the flowers. You know I have always been nervous.' Yesterday the perfume of the Persian lilacs nearly suffocated me. I believe it was then I was taken bad. Strange to say, I, who used to be so fond of the flowers, hold them in execration now. For over two weeks not so much as a daffodil has entered my rooms. But let us leave them. It is the headache I have which caused a swoon and made Mademoiselle de Tavernay a happy girl because it has drawn the notice of the Dauphiness upon her. She has come here to see me. Oh, Philip, what a delicate friend and charming patroness she is! But since her doctor says there is nothing to be alarmed at, tell me why you have been alarmed. It was that little numbskull, Gilbert, of course. Gilbert? repeated the lady testily. Did you believe that little idiot— who is only able in doing or saying ill? But how is it I see you without any notice? Answer me why you cease to write. Only for a few days. For a full fortnight, you negligent girl. Ha! 
I was utterly forgotten there, even by my sister. They were in a dreadful hurry to pack me off, yet when I got there I never heard a word about the fabulous regiment of which I was to take command, as promised by the king, per the Duke of Richelieu, to our father himself. Oh, do not be astonished at that, said the girl. The duke and father are quite upset about it. They are like two bodies with one soul. But father sometimes cries out against him, saying he is betrayed. Who betrays him? I do not know. And between us, I little want to know. Father lives like a soul in purgatory, fretting about something which never comes. But the king, he is not well disposed to us. "'Speak low. The king,' replied Andrea, looking timidly around, "'I am afraid the king is very fickle. The interest which he professed for our house, for each of us, cooled off without my being able to understand it. He does not look at me, and yesterday he turned back on me, which was when I fainted in the garden.' "'Then little Gilbert was right.' to tell everybody that i fainted what does it matter to the miserable little rogue i know my dear philip added andrea laughing that it is not the proper thing to faint in a royal residence but it is not one of those things that one does for the fun of it poor dear i can well believe that it is not your fault but go on that is all and Master Gilbert might have withheld his remarks about it. There, you are abusing the poor boy again. And you, taking his defense? For mercy's sake, do not be so rude to him, so hard, for I have heard how you treat him. But, goodness, what is the matter now? This time she fainted so that it took a long time for her senses to return. Undoubtedly you suffer said Philip, so as to alarm persons more bold than I am when you are concerned. Say what you like. This is a case that wants attending to. I will see your doctor myself. He concluded tranquilly. End of chapter 34. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.